What's up, guys? I'm James O'Neill. You are here with O'Neill Ops, and this is the Predator Hunter Podcast. This is the place where we break it down. We go into detail with the equipment that we use and how we use that equipment application specific. Our goal here, basic rundown, is to get guys that are subject matter experts that know more about details regarding uh, certain pieces of equipment, certain talking points, more so than we do, to get you guys the proper information and knowledge that you want or that you need. Today, we've got an awesome show put together for you. We have uh, a fellow that I've touched base with a couple times online through a forum called Predator Masters. He's the, well, well, we'll let him go into detail on what he is, what his MO is at the company. But we've got Mike Dillon from, from Fox Pro with us today. And we've got uh, some awesome talking points, I think. We've been using their calls for years, all right? And I'm, I'm one of those guys that a lot of uh, people, we're a team, not just me, but we have run a lot of different calls, whether it's hand calls, electronic calls throughout our life, throughout the seasons that we've hunted. And you can't see them on the cameras, but right behind me by our reloading setup up above our cupboards, we've got one, two, three, we've got about 10 calls up there. Everything from the, the Primos to a flex tone, to the wildlife tech, to the lucky ducks, to an old, old Johnny Stewart cassette player, to uh, a CS24, a Prairie Blaster, or a Krakatoa, numerous Fox Pro calls. So we've had extensive use with electronic, electronic calls, and there's a reason, to put it blunt, that we use what we use. So with that said, uh, we've got Mike on board. Mike, can you hear us? James, thank you for uh, everything you just said. Awesome. Hey, let's just jump right in here and... Uh, Fill us in on on your MO, who, who you are, what position you take at Fox Pro, basically what you do. Okay, that's no problem at all, James. So I am the general manager of Fox Pro. Uh, my father, John Dillon, is the owner of Fox Pro, um, and we are a family-run business. My brother also works as Fox Pro, Steve Dillon. Um, so we're a family-run business, uh, and this is something that we've been doing for about 20 years. You know, just a just a quick brief history of, of Fox Pro and who we are to let your viewers know what Fox Pro is and who we are about. We were, you know, I, I've been a, a fox hunter my entire life. I started fox hunting when I was eight years old. And we used to go out with my next door neighbor and take out, back at the time, it was the heavy equipment, the boom boxes. You know, the, the, this stuff was heavy. And, of course, we'd tape out the lights and all of that stuff to go completely dark, but for an eight-year-old boy carrying this heavy equipment, I mean, it was quite cumbersome. And I can remember the day that we walked into my dad's garage and uh, and he saw this, this, this heavy equipment that we have. Now, I need to paint a picture of what our garage looked like as growing up. When I say garage, I know a lot of you are thinking about an auto garage with two cars parked in it. Our garage was a makeshift electronics lab. My dad has had a passion for electronics since a very young age. His first job was at 12 years old, uh, uh, repairing TVs. Uh, just to give you a little idea of just the passion that he has for electronics. So now that you get an idea of what this garage kind of looked like, I walked in and remember him saying specifically that there's gotta be an easier way 
for you guys to take sound out into the woods. Realizing that my dad is not a big hunter or anything like that, he is, he is, his passion is electronics. And with our passion, my passion has never been in electronics. My passion has always been hunting in the outdoors. So it was a perfect combination, you know, with, with the hunting passion that me and my brother had, with the electronics passion that my dad had, you know, to bring this equipment to the predator hunters today. It, it is something that it, it's really an American dream come true. You know, we, we grew up, you know, very humble beginnings. My dad was, uh, came from a family of nine brothers and sisters. He was the oldest. He had to go to work at 12 years old to support the family. So there's a lot of really humble beginnings to who we are, to what Fox Pro is about. And I really believe that helps us define who we are today with taking care of our customers. We get it. We know how uh, customers should be treated. We know what uh, uh, you expect from us as a company. And as we continue to grow, our mantra has always stayed the same. You know, we will always take care of the customer. Customer will come first, and we will do whatever we can to take care of every customer out there. So I hope I didn't go too long on you there, James, but I just thought it was important to give everybody a feel for what Fox Pro is. If you look at every single other game call company out there, they are made overseas. We are the only one. In fact, Fox Pro is probably the only company in the hunting industry period, electronics, that makes everything right here in the USA. You know, our electronic calls are made in the USA, and that means a lot to us. Uh, and if anybody ever gets the chance or have had the chance to visit our facility, they'll get a new appreciation of what it is to be made in the USA. So, you know, as you can tell, we're very passionate about what we do. We're very passionate about our products, but, but more importantly, we're passionate about bringing the, the, those products to the customers out there. That's perfect, dude. That's awesome because just coincidentally, under the current circumstances, a lot of guys really appreciate the fact of USA made in America goods, period. And mm -hmm. I mean, we, we try our hardest. We do. We try our hardest to, to run everything that we can that's made in the States. And unfortunately, man, in this day and age, it's awful tough. So to be able to have somebody on board that we use like you guys, that's just, that's awesome. That's a, a great, great feature. Well, and we appreciate that, James. I mean, as, as I'm sure everybody is aware, because one of the things that we've heard, well, some of their parts come from overseas, right? Well, you know, if you look at what can, what the colors are consisted of, the, the diodes and the resistors, the little parts that are used in every single electronics equipment out there, they are all made overseas. They are owned by Silicon Valley, uh, U.S. manufacturers, but they get those made overseas. So we don't have a choice on some of those small parts. But just to set the record straight, that is such a very small portion of the overall content that we use. The molds, the engineering, the packaging, the assembly, hands-on labor from start to finish is done right in Lewistown, Pennsylvania, and there isn't another company out there that does that. So we, we take great pride in that, in, in, in bringing to market not only the highest quality products, but backed by the best warranty and made right here in the United States. That's great. Well, that goes right into the next question that I was going to uh, touch base and chat with you about is call manufacturing. I, when you said the people are, are, you know, if you ever get a chance to tour the facility, which would be awesome, that would be really cool to be able to see your setup. But walk us through 
I don't know, a, a day in the life or, or, or maybe even if you can touch base on what it was like before to what the manufacturing process is like now. I would have loved to have a video camera back in the day when we were making these one at a time in our garage, in dad's garage. Um, it, it was Everything was done by hand back then. So what I mean by that, when we get the circuit boards, we'd put every single resistor, capacitor, microprocessor, everything on by hand. Uh, and it was quite labor intense. You know, and, and as we continued to grow, in order to get out the number of units that we had today, we had to obviously purchase some expensive equipment. You know, and, and one of the biggest obstacles or the biggest pieces of equipment that we got are the surface mount machine. And what the surface mount machine does is it takes all of those parts on that PC board, we populate the reels, and then it, it, uh, uh, it puts all those pieces on that PC board. And then of course, after it goes uh, through the surface mount, it's got to go through the oven to, uh, I'll use the term, bake those parts on. Uh, but that's, that's, that's essentially what it's doing is it's flowing the solder and making sure that those parts are on there. And then it goes in through the, uh, uh, the, the line to where they, every board has to get uh, scoped to make sure that there isn't any misplacement of the machine, any issues from the machine. And then from there it goes, that board, is then born and it goes from station to station. We have a number of stations down there. So we have what we call a PTH station. Not The surface mount machine cannot place every single component. There are other components that we call hole through components, uh, such as your switches and wires and things like that, that the surface mount machine cannot populate. So we've got a number of people in the PTH department that that's what they do. They are, they are putting the switches on, they are putting the cables together, uh, and, and getting the unit ready for assembly. And then, of course, we have uh, case prep to where they're taking the plastic of the housings, they're installing the keyboards or the keypads, getting everything ready for a final assembly. And then uh, it goes into the, the final assembly room. We have different rooms for different units. We've got, you know, if you look at some of our lower end units where we make a lot more of the Infernos, the Patriots, we have a separate room with a separate group of people who are assembling those units. And then we have another room to where the higher end units, you know, they're, they're a lot more labor intense. To give you an idea, I, I mean, it, it, if you could look at this process from start to finish, you know, on an X2S or some of these high end calls, there is a lot of labor involved in assembling something with that many features. Um, so it requires a, a, a talented skill set for the person to be able to do that. We've got them broken up into different apartments. So, you know, th th there's a lot that goes on into the processing of these units. To the, to the, there's two tests. Every unit before they go out the door, they get tested twice. They get tested after everything is uh, um, put together before it goes into final assembly, and then it's tested after final assembly to make sure there aren't any issues with the units before they go out the door. Then to go back into the shipping department where they put everything in the showroom boxes, they get put into the master cartons, and then they get put out into the warehouse. Now, our facility, when we started, as I said, back in the day, we were, you know, working in the basement of my dad's house. We were buying a ray of back flashlight housings at the local Walmart, you know, by the cases, bringing them in and, and assembling them. That was done in the garage of my dad's house, very small facility. Today, we have over 50,000 square feet 
of warehousing and engineering and, and uh, assembly um, with all the space that we need. So we have grown a lot. And I can remember getting into this building. It was, I looked at it and we're coming from a very small place to a much larger place thinking we are never going to outgrow this building. I, I can tell you now that we are busting at the seams in this 50,000 square foot facility with the number of people. We have over 70 people working for us now going nothing but making these calls every day. We're engineering these calls or packing these calls. 70 direct people at the facility every day doing nothing but making these Fox Pro units. So we're very proud of that. And again, I know I may have won on a rant there, but I think it was important just kind of paint the picture of what Fox Pro is, who we are about, um, and to let everybody know a little bit more about us. No, that's good because that's what that's the attention to detail that we like to bring to the table for guys that that watch what we do and listen to what we do. That's why guys listen to this because it, it does it it paints an awesome picture and and shows the you know how genuine you guys are and what what goes into making a call. So just real quick, I wrote down: say somebody buys a new call. Uh, or they purchase one that's inventoried at a big retailer like Cabela's or wh- whoever retails your guys's calls. Uh, mm-hmm. Do do you? What's a warranty on these for fellas that want to know? So it it really depends on the unit that you buy. So some of the lower end units they may only have a one year or a three year warranty on them. The, the the mid to the higher end units, you know, like the 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 uh, the X waves, anything in the new X series or any of the mid to high end units, they have a five year warranty. But James, I think anybody that knows anything about Fox Pro knows that we have always taken care of our units and taken care of our customers. Short of saying it's a lifetime warranty, I never want to go out there and say that. But if there's an issue with the unit that is our fault, we stand behind it and we take we take care um, of the units. You know, and that's something we've always been known for. Uh, and that's something that we will continue to be known for. You know, obviously, if you run over the unit, you shoot the unit, you know, uh, um, drop the unit in a lake and leave it there for a week, it's not going to be covered under warranty. But we are able to repair these units at such an extreme nominal fee uh, that that it just it, it, it's just nice to know that if you decide to buy a Fox Pro or if you have a Fox Pro, you're going to be taken care of. If we're not able to fix it, we're going to offer you some of these units. If you go back to the the units that we made 20 years ago that were in the Ray of back flashlight housings, those parts have become obsolete. I mean, we, we, we can't even get those parts anymore because they are so old, some of those parts. But if a customer would have one of those and they have an issue with it, we're going to make sure we get them into another Fox Pro at a much discounted price to take care of that person. So it's just one of those things that, that you know, the customer is always going to come first. And even though it may be a five-year warranty or two-year warranty, if there's anything that ever goes wrong with the unit, you can be assured that Fox Pro is going to stand behind it 100%. So with that said, I was going to, we'll talk about, let's talk about some of your new calls. But before that, what are, it just rolls right into what are some of your goals? I I always am really a firm believer in goal setting every day. Uh, Almost every day I have somewhat set of goals that I try to meet, whether it's physically or trying to, you know, work on a video to get out on a weekly basis. What are some of the goals that maybe you have or your company has that you know that makes you, you know, a little bit different or, or sets you apart? 
Well, I, as you can imagine, we're probably one of the only companies out there whose sole market, main sole market is the predator market. It's all we do. That's who we are. So obviously, we are constantly monitoring the state of that predator market. It's, it's a complete different market today than it was 10 years ago, than it was 20 years ago. The market is constantly evolving. So we have to make sure that our product line is evolving to what the market is demanding or even what we feel like that market is going to do two or three years down the road. You know, you can never predict what's going to happen uh, down the road or what the the market is going to demand. But we have always been uh, paying attention to that market and making sure that everything that we do is relevant and pertinent to today's market and not yesterday's market. You know, and that's one of the reasons that if you look at all of the features that Fox Pro has came out with, that Fox Pro is known for, there is not another company out there that has the innovation, the engineering resources, and the features that Fox Pro has. Yes, there's companies that copy our features. I mean, if you look at the way that all of the callers look out there anymore, you know, when we brought out that first Rayovac flashlight house, that was the first Rayovac Fox Pro. That was the first time a call like that has ever been put in a call that looked like that. And everything has always followed suit since. Our remote controls, you know, they always copy the look of the remote controls. They'll copy our decoys. They'll copy the way everything is done that we ha that we have done over the years. But that's okay because that's that's actually flattering for us. We have to be imitated. They they can't really come out and over innovate us and over engineer us, but it requires us to be on our toes all of the time to make sure that we're bringing out those white products. So as you can imagine, the everyday life for me is constantly looking at what the market is doing. And and I don't know if now's the time to get into it. Yeah, do it, do I, it. I, I was going to ask you how you measure those trends. How how do you do that? Or what do you see the the market doing? Or what do you see the the predator market doing so, right now? If we would, if we would go back ten years ago, I mean, first off, the units that we were making back then, you know, th these units were selling for six hundred dollars. These were very basic units. These these units that we made back in the day for six hundred dollars uh, came with sixteen sounds. Non, they were programmable, but they it, it was it was hard to program with the PG One adapter. Today, that unit that we have, that Patriot, that's selling for one thirty nine. That has more features than that $600 unit did 20 years ago. But as as, as things change, as, as, as new uh, technology comes out that allows us and the price of technology comes down, that allows us to do that. So going back to that, you go back even five years ago and you look at what the market was doing. The market back then was growing very rapidly. It was a, It was a very young market. So you were having a lot of predator hunters coming to the table that never predator hunting before. Predator hunting was a very cool word. It was a very popular word. And a lot of people wanted to get into it. However, they didn't want to go and invest a lot of money into their equipment. You know, that's why you started to see a big surge of units that were under $100. You know, obviously, that's not a market that we can be really competitive in. We can't compete with Chinese labor, and I never want to, to be honest with you. I don't want to compete with the way that they put their units together and the way that they treat their labor force. It just will never be Fox Pro. But we are able to successfully put together units between $150 and $200 price range. And they were the driving force for a while. Even though our high-end units, 
have always been uh, what Fox Pro is known for. In terms of sheer volume, the lower end units has what historically been moved. Now, if you go into today, where that predator market is today, you'll start to see that there's a lot more calls coming out in that three to $400 price range. Why is that? First off, this predator market is maturing. So the market right now is not growing the way that it was five and 10 years ago. But what is happening is that even though you don't have all of the new people getting into the sport, you have a more mature market now to where the predator hunters now that have been doing it for five years, 10 years, they are demanding uh, a better equipment, more features, more volume, you know, things like that. They're, they're demanding more in these units. Fox Pro has always been the ones that have delivered on that volume and those features. Now, you'll see some of the other competitors coming out with units that are in that three to $400 price range. I really think they're going to struggle there because we've got a really firm hold on that market. I mean, really, when it, when it comes to that market, that's what Fox Pro is known for. You know, that's what they just they won't be able to really compete in that, that higher end market. So that's where when I'm looking now going forward, I'm looking at more of these high end units. You know, we, we typically we release stuff in, in, in a cycle. One year we'll do some low end stuff. Next year we'll do some mid end stuff. Then we'll go to the high end stuff. But market may dictate that we have to change that. As you know, we just recently released the X series line of calls and they are an awesome line of calls. That new X series is, is doing phenomenal. The sound volume. And the sound quality of the, those units are unmatched and unrivaled. You know, they, 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 are, they are performing excellent. They've got that little X2S is my new favorite unit. I say little. It's not, it, it's, I, I like carrying that more than the Shockwave or the X-Wave. And it's got more volume than the Shockwave and some of the other calls and the ability to play two sounds at once. For you Predator hunters out there, you recognize the CS24 has always been one of the workhorses in the Fox Pro library. You know, it, it's it's just been a workhorse. People have used them to death. This X2S and the X24 have all of the features and more, better sound quality uh, and everything compared to the CS24. So, I mean, that, that X-Series is, is, is a great line of calls. But as I stated earlier, we always have to be looking forward and we're always working on new and better things. So do you want to, that was one of the talking points I had down on your, on your X series calls. Is there anything that you want to go into detail more on, on your X series? Well, I think one, one of the, like, if you look at the X series, one of the things that I think is really cool um, is, is the Bluetooth that we added to it. So yes, of course, it's got a much better speaker system. It's got that XHD speaker system. These drivers are made specifically for Fox Pro. These are not off the shelf drivers. These are very uh, uh, sophisticated equipment that is made to our engineering specs and their phenomenal speaker system. But when you start adding things like the, the, uh, uh, the Bluetooth, it just vastly increases the possibilities that you can do with it. So uh, for example, if somebody has sounds on their phone, they have any of the predator apps out there, they can download their, uh, download those apps into the phone and I'll play any of that sound directly through the Fox pro via the Bluetooth without having to download it into the unit. So the Bluetooth was a great feature. The sound quality, uh, everything on those X-Series were, were really pumped about, and they, they are doing well, and I don't think anybody's going to be disappointed 
getting any of the new X series calls. We're running the X wave and that's a, that's just flat out a badass call. We've just completely crushed coyotes with that thing. I, I, I mean, I, my go-to was for years, the Prairie blaster and just because of the volume aspect and then the shock wave, I got into that because it was a little bit lighter and then this X-Wave is like a combo, man, a hybrid of uh, a nice, not too heavy, lightweight for us to carry in our pack. Directional speakers, like you said, crystal clear sound, and the volume is just outmatched. It, it's it's just been a hammer for us. But, like, regarding the Bluetooth aspect, we've, <laughs> we've already messed with it. I mean, you play tunes, play whatever the hell you want on it through your phone. But, like, mm-hmm. what are you getting – for guys that say, all right, you know, I do have a sound profile or sound list on my phone. Let's talk the range uh, regarding, let's, let's just go into that. The range of your remotes, talk about the range of that Bluetooth. What are you getting out of that? If a guy wants to use his phone on something like that, then then go into the range and what you guys put into like your transmitter, your remote distance. That That's a great point. So Bluetooth, you are limited to the Bluetooth modules that they use in your phone. Whether you have an iPhone, whether you have a Galaxy, whatever phone that you're using, you are limited to the range um, that is put in your module. It has nothing to do with the modules that we use. It has everything to do with your phones. And I'm here to tell you that every single phone out there are using low-power Bluetooth modules. So you'll see units out there that the remotes are working off of Bluetooth only and they're claiming a long range. That's not going to happen because they are limited by the phones, period. They're using low-power Bluetooth modules. Um, none of those phones are using high-power Bluetooth modules. So typically you're going to get, I mean, from your phone, you may get 50 yards, 70 yards, you know, depending on the terrain. Uh, a, a lot of factors go into what the range is, but you're not going to get that far with the Bluetooth. But on our remotes, we get a long range on the remote controls. You know, we've always prided ourselves on our remote control range. You know, back, we used to use the TX5 LRs for some of the first remotes that we used, and the LRs stood for long range. You know, one of the things that we were using, the modules that we were using, was modules that basically every call out there was using. Uh, but what you found is that those modules had some issues with them. They would be, you would get a faulty module. And a faulty module is going to give you the appearance that you do not have good remote control range. So if people looked at this for a while as if, you know, Fox Pro's remote control range sucks. God, I'll wave my hand up in the air. And, of course, you know, you'll see competition try to, to, to play up on that. But I can tell you that you take any of these X-Series units and you go out and you compare them, like the, the X2S, the X-Wave. We're using frequency hopping spread spectrum technology. That, what that means to you is that it is the most power that you could put in a remote control. No other manufacturer is using that high-power remote control uh, that we are using. Does that mean that you're going to get a 1,000 yards range through the thickest of terrain? Absolutely not. There are so many factors and variables when it comes to remote control range, even factors that you may see. Of course, there are the obvious ones, such as terrain, you know. Uh, if, if you have, uh, if you're trying to call through brush and trying to get that signal to go through brush, it's going to interfere. And that is not a problem of Fox Pro. That has everything to do with these modules and the amount of power that we're allowed to use by the FCC. We actually saw some of our competitors historically tried to cheat 
the system by overpowering their remote controls right from China to get more remote control rings. We discovered it. We stopped them from doing it. But that is a tactic that a lot of these uh, other manufacturers have used in the past to try to give the impression of remote control rings. But let's talk about some of the other things that, talk, uh, that, that can influence remote control range. Height off the ground. So if you set a unit directly on the ground without elevating at all, you're going to get a lot of a bounce hop from that signal. And you're not going to get as strong a signal to that antenna as you can. By simply elevating that collar three to four feet in the air, you're going to drastically improve the remote control range. And that's a physics. That's law of physics. It has nothing to do with equipment or anything. That's just physics. Getting the collar elevated is going to help that remote control range. Other sources of contention that a lot of people don't pay attention to are things like electromagnetic interference. You know, we get a lot to where, you know, we've worked with customers trying to figure out why they why they are not getting good remote control range, despite us testing the units and verifying that it's got good remote control range, only to find out that in their area they have a lot of electromagnetic interference, you know, whether they be power lines or anything like that, that generate this interference that cause, in, cause problems with any remote signals out there. You know, so there are factors that can really influence the remote control range aside from anything that we at FoxPro can do. But I can tell you that uh, that FoxPro remote control, you get that X-Wave, you get that X2S, and you will not be disappointed with the remote control range that you get at all. No, we don't. We, We were talking about it earlier. I mean, but so like regarding a sales standpoint, are you seeing that as a marketing aspect, remote range? Obviously, the further- you know, it, to some to some of the guys out there, it seems to be they, they they like to push that issue. You know, like some of the competitors have really tried to push that button on their remote control range. They they quickly find out that they have the exact same issues. We know they've got the same issues. You know, the the same issues that we have had in the past, the same physics issues that we have that that simply can't be defeated. But most of your predator hunters out there are not going to use it as an arguing point. I mean, if we give you a 500 to a 750-yard remote control range, how many people out there actually use it at that distance? Exactly. You know, it, it, it's it, it, not very many people. You know, I typically, my, my, my distance can be, you know, 50 to 75 yards is normally what I set that collar out away from me. And some people may vary. We've had people that wanted to hunt on the top of a ridge and put the call down on the bottom of the ridge. So they're, they've got the height advantage, but the call is down in the bottom. So we get that there is a, a, a small minority of people that want that god-awful long range. And we've got it. I can tell you, we've got the remote control range. Uh, but the majority of people out there, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It, 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 they're using it 50 to 75 yards away from them. And I can tell you from personal experience, just for the guys that might be on the fence about it, we have had zero issues with even the the shockwave and the prairie blaster and the x-wave none that i can tell between any of those three units for anything i mean if you think about it in i mean logistically you just or common sense you're not gonna put that call out there for us filming i mean we could do a whole podcast on how the hell we set the call out guys would just be 
completely infatuated on, we get the questions all the time. How do you determine we, the instantaneous, I know from the minute we get into the set, what direction that wind's blowing, where I'm going to put that call to try and work and bend that coyote into our, our kill lane. But right. the, regarding the distance, I mean, the most that we've, we've set them out there 200 yards with no issues whatsoever. Most of the time, like you said, 50, 100 yards, but we're in some areas, like you said, sometimes we'll set it across a ridge. Sometimes we've got some really good, uh, you know, warm season grasses, big blue stem. Mm -hmm. I mean, patches that that transmitter that that remote has to go through and we don't have any issues at all. None. We're not trying to, we're, I've had calls, not going to name any names, but we've had calls where you've literally halfway through your set, you're screwed. You got to stand up to get that, that transmission. And it just doesn't work, but that, that's a good, that's a good talking point. I mean, that's for us, we, we've had no issues whatsoever setting that call out there, even out to a couple hundred yards with sufficient collateral in between us and the call, you know, mm-hmm. something and have no issue. So there, there, it's a, it's a good setup, man. I like it. I'm, I'm sold on them with, with how your guys' remotes work and it's a good uh, you know, I like how you how you broke that down and kind of went into detail on on what you guys integrate into your remotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there, there's a lot. I mean, you figure this is all we do, so we're constantly pushing the envelope with new features and new things that an electronic call can do. And that's, that's our passion. That's who we are. That's what I was just going to ask you. What are some of the features that you'd like to go into? Because that, we were talking about it earlier. There's there's so many options in your guys's calls where guys might be like, Oh, well, sh- I'm never going to use that, but it's there for you to do it. It's the same thing with how we design our rifles. There's options there for you to utilize numerous weight, you know, a, a plethora of different uh, bullet selections. If you need mm-hmm. to use them for different scenarios, short range, mid range, long range, uh, more wind, etc. It's nice. It's always better to have options there that you can utilize rather than not have it there. So, now, you're, you're absolutely right, James. And I, and I appreciate you bringing that up because we've heard this before, like on, on some of our high-end units, right? The X-Wave with the TX-1000 remote control. You know, customers saying, oh, that is just too complicated. That is too hard for me to use. The reality is that those units are very, very simplistic to use. They've got scroll up, scroll down buttons, volume button, mute button. Uh, um, So if you just wanted to pick it up, it's extremely basic to use. If you want to get more features, they're there as well. So when you talk about some of these features, you know, let's take Fox Fusion, for example. Fox Fusion uh, was a big feature for us when we first came out with that many years ago. And Fox Fusion gives you the ability to take 82 sounds and play them at the same time. You know, that was a big feat when we did that years ago. If, if you think about it, you know, you, you're taking sounds. One may be in an MP3 file type and the other one may be in an FXT file type. We had to come up with the scheme to take two sounds of two different file types and play them over top of one another and give you independent control of the volume of each of those sounds. It, it really has uh, uh, been a cool feature, but that feature is there. It's a simple button that you can press and you can get into Fox Fusion, but it doesn't make the basic operation of the call any different. It does not complicate 
the basic operation of it. You know, so what I hear people saying, well, it's too, it's, it's, it's too hard for me to learn. No, it's not too hard. You, you can use it. I mean, it's so easy. A caveman can use it, right? I mean, I stole that from Geico, but it's true. If anybody could use these remote controls, it's there. Those features are there if you want to utilize them later. And what we find, I mean, realize that we have sold to hundreds of thousands of predator customers after we get a lot of feedback. And we always hear that, you know, I wish when I bought a unit that I would have bought a better unit to begin with because they buy a cheaper unit, doesn't have all of the features that are able to grow with them. And then they are very limited with what they can do with it. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't have enough memory to store sounds or maybe it doesn't have the features they want to be able to utilize at a later time to make them a better predator hunter, you know? So Buying any of those units, whether you, the only advice I could give some of the listeners is look at the mid to high end units. Yes, you may not need them right now. You may not need all of the features, but they are very basic to use. And I can almost promise you that as you use that remote control and you learn more about those features, you are going to use them. And it's going to make you a more efficient predator hunter. Every one of those features that we have put in there these are not features that are gimmicky. These features are intended for a purpose. Fox Fusion, like I said, play two sounds at one time. Fox Motion, moving the sound from one speaker to the other to give the illusion of moving prey. Fox Pitch, I mean, who wouldn't love to play a rabbit and have that go to a very high pitch? And as you're playing that sound, go down to a very low pitch to mimic what a real rabbit would sound like by simply changing the pitch of that sound. Fox Cast. You know, you can record what the atmospherics, and I bet you that's something, I don't know if you guys use it, but the, 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 the way that you guys are, I can imagine that that would be a big feature for you guys because those predator hunters out there that, that are getting more serious, they are paying more attention to things like barometric pressure, uh, barometric trends, pressure or, or temperature trends. That Foxcast records all of that for you, and it's there in every TX-1000. If you want to record what's going on at any time in your stand, you press that box cast and it's going to give you a snapshot of what the barometric pressure is, what the temperature is, what the moon phase indicator is, what the time is, what sound you were playing, and at what, what, uh, uh, like the time that you were on that stand until you hit that button. So there's a lot of really cool features. And these are the features that Fox Pro have become known for these innovative features that are going to make you a more successful predator hunter. And that's right up our, that's like we were talking earlier, that's right in our wheelhouse. That's, that's our niche. I've dealt with elk hunters, one particular guy that would go out and instead of doing it, like we're talking digitally, like a digital collection, he wrote it down every single day that he went out. He wrote down the animal's movement, the temperature, the wind direction, the barometric pressure. And I knew I, I, when you said that, whatever it is, I, I've used that before that, you know, I, I haven't, that, that's what a guy needs to do to collect a log of data that you can relate to in the years past because there's so much hearsay out there. That's a whole nother talking point. Full moons, don't call on full moons, don't call on new moons, but whatever. I mean, we've had so much success throughout the whole realm of any kind of condition, but it's nice to be able to have all of that data. And like we're talking some of the, our videos that we have posted, uh, <laughs> There's been so many questions from guys. How do you get two sounds going playing at the same time? I mean, and I'm like, dude, you just, I mean, it's out there. 
it's it's the technology it's the calls if you want to pay for it you can get it but that's yeah we we know exactly what you're talking about and that's what we want some of the guys that follow us to be able to understand where all of that comes from and it's Mm -hmm. it's you're you're right in our lane man that's perfect uh i mean another thing too that i i really would like to kind of touch base on your your remote i it's muscle memory with anything no matter what you use if it's if it's a fox pro if it's a tx 1000 if it's an older remote whatever you're using muscle memory last night we were out thermaling and i've got it down where I can just feel. I know what the volume is. I know where the mute button is. I know where the auxiliary button is. It's such a simple feature to be able to use all of those options. You just got to do it. And it's the same thing with the software on my computer. Being able to create a sound profile, uh, a custom sound profile. <laughs> we just did it. Th- <laughs> Keith, Keith got a triple earlier. It's almost about this week. It'll have a million views using your X wave right on the screen, having a coyote in the X wave and the decoy hammered at the same, on the same screen. And this guy goes, dude, I must've got a still we're filming in 4k. So everything's crystal clear. And I must've got a quick screen. He must've got a quick screenshot of, of the remote and what was highlighted. And he goes, dude, I've scoured through Fox Pro's website and I can't find the O'Neill Ops kill list. And <laughs> he messaged me and I'm like, dude, you gotta get you gotta get in the software program and create your own stuff to do that. So it was funnier and hell just listen to some of these guys. So being able to customize your stuff like you guys can do, that's a game changer for us. How I organize it every single year add new sounds, being able to record certain things. Like we were talking earlier, we've got one where John goes out early season, usually with the dump ups and we'll set him out there with a shotgun. And I'm like, dude, I told Keith, I'm going to record this on my zoom mic and I'm going to import it, the MP3 and download it to my Fox pro. And it's going to be, Hey John, John, let's go. And not tell John about it. And he's going to be looking around going, what the hell is who, where are those guys at? They're close. We've got that sound on our Fox pro so that we don't have to start whistling it. We just hit it. He gets up, picks a call up and go. I mean, just little well, things. <laughs> well, we actually have, it's funny you say that because we actually put sounds in every unit that we ship out there now. Um, an SOS sound and a, a, another warning that you are approaching a Fox pro caller because We've had a lot of people say, hey, you know what? You know, I, I was out there hunting, and I had somebody go right up to my call. They thought it was a kind of thing, just sitting there walking up there staring at it. So we thought, you know what? We've got to be able to warn things like that. No kidding. File in the, yeah, it's a warning sound file. And then we also have, in fact, this, this was inspired by a Fox Pro customer who had some medical issues. And she was concerned that she would go out and something would happen to her while she was on a stand and nobody would be able to find her. So we put an SOS and we thought it was a good enough idea that we put them on every, uh, on all of the Fox pros now that go out. So if you're out there and you get hurt on a stand, you can turn that SOS on and play it loud. So people know that you are injured or you may need assistance. So, but that's the beauty, like you were saying, being able to custom program these things. I mean, yeah, Fox pros got an amazing sound library. We've got a larger library than anybody out there, but some people like their own sounds. You know, why limit them to just your sounds? With technology today, I mean, these TX-1000 remote controls, you could put up to a thousand sounds on a unit. I mean, it, it's crazy where technology is going and what you can do with these things to have all kinds of custom sequences and custom sounds, you know. It's just, it's just, a cra- it's just crazy, but 
you know, we know where technology is going and, and without getting into too much detail, we're always working on new things. So, you know, not, not to give anything away, but you know, and everybody has known for many years that Fox Pro is always working on bigger, better, and newer things. That's what's awesome about being able to see the new stuff that's coming, how, how fast technology is advancing is just very impressive. And to be able to see guys implement that technology into calls, thermal, stuff like that, it's just so, so insane. But mm -hmm. th that's customization, man. That's our go-to gig. Anything that we can do to customize something and just that's a selling point to me alone in your calls is being able for me to go take my phone if I wanted to and record anything. If I'm in the field and I hear a rabbit squeal, I go, who knows? You never know. Record it, being able to dump it on your computer, throw it on your call, and you've got your own custom sound. Being able to mm -hmm. create that profile to me is a selling point in itself. And a lot of guys ask, you know, how What's your success? There are certain things we don't give away, but I can tell you that we have stuff that we have recorded on our calls and put them on Fox Pros. And I know you guys like to sell your sounds, period. I mean, that's awesome. And we use, <laughs> mostly of the sounds that we use are your guys's, but I have recorded some of my own that we've used too that's just the ease of access. Being able to do that is a huge, a huge asset. Not having to have some kind of an encrypted file type that you have to use that's designated for a certain caller is it's easy to be able to do it with your guys's calls oh yeah that's right and be able to upload those remote i mean i can remember you know the first time putting lcd screens on remote control i mean we used to put a label and print them out one by one and stick them on the back of the unit and every time you had to reprogram it you're printing out new labels but you know lcd screens and i mean just where technology has come over the past 20 years has been so crazy and so impressive. I mean, look at the units that we have today versus the units we had 20 years ago. I mean, it's just night and day difference. So we're, we're already, at, I told you, it just fly. I mean, if you have good content and you know what the hell you're talking about, it goes quick. Uh, we're at 48 minutes. Let's, uh, I've got a couple more talking points here that I'd like to kind of just, just some interesting stuff that I'd like to hear your opinion, or I would say your, your factual data on that your your experience with you, sure you guys were big time tv you, you i mean you guys had probably what'd you say one of the first predator hunting shows that was on the outdoor channel we uh, were the first all predator show on the outdoor channel yes and that, that's something that that i'm very proud of you know if you go i remember when we started going to the shot show we started going to like uh, the outdoor channel parties and the sportsman's channel parties the outdoor channel Back then, that was the primo of the channels. That was where the best shows were. That's where the highest dollars were spent. And I've always been the type, it's go big or go home, right? I had never had any ambition at the time to do Sportsman's or any of those other lower channels. I wanted the outdoor channel. And I wanted, my goal was to get a golden moose on the outdoor channel, which is very challenging for a brand new show. Um, we were the first ones to put a wolf hunt on the outdoor channel. Um, and finally, we won the, the uh, Golden Moose on the Outdoor Channel. But like the Predator market, that, that market is changing as well. I mean, that, that TV subscription, I mean, we saw it years ago to where the online content is becoming more popular. And, and a lot more people have access to it uh, and they can watch it when they want. So 
things are starting to evolve in that world. That's why we decided at the time that, you know, it, it's best for us to get ahead of the uh, uh, social networking game and start putting our content on uh, uh, YouTube and, and uh, uh, Amazon Prime and Roku TV, things like that to get ahead of the curve because that's where it's really going to end up at someday. You know, not saying that TV won't always play a part, uh, but I think that uh, it, 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 these, the market is going to change to where the younger market are going to be more driven onto the social media stuff. The older, more, the older market is going to be onto the TV. And we just, we just need to be where the market is, where the market growth is going to be. You know, and, and I love, I, I love being on uh, um, this social media. I can tell you, when we were filming for the Outdoor Channel, the content that we would get, we would sit on for a year. So, you know, with us being a manufacturer and wanting to highlight our products, and we're very rapidly changing our product line. So it's hard to film it, you know, a year in advance, knowing that what the customer is going to see next year is going to be relevant to our product line. But with the social media stuff, as you know, James, you can film it today, and in two weeks you have it up and everybody see it. So it's just a complete different world out there in that social media. And I really see the future um, going there. That's why we're putting a lot more into that social media platform, you know, changing the format of the TV around. We can, or of, of the, of the TV show around, well, I call it a TV show, but the social media show, Fox for Hunting TV, we could do that on the fly. We've already changed our filming style a couple of times. It's just great and fun to experiment with. You know what I mean? It's just, I really enjoy that much better. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest with you, I personally like being able to turn on the TV and watch it. I, I was kind of bummed when I heard, uh, I was bummed when I heard that you guys weren't on, you know. I, I like watching guys that are that have a good show. And But like you said, you can find anything new that you do within a week, within two weeks up on YouTube. Or uh, would you say you guys are on Prime too? And Hulu? Yeah, we're on Amazon Prime, Hulu, and YouTube. Yeah. Okay, and it's the same content on all three platforms, or is there significantly different? You know, I mean, is it the same type of? Is it on, the, Yeah, so on Prime and and Roku, we have the Fox Pro Hunting TV show specifically. On YouTube, we put a lot more other video content, like Fox Features. Uh, about six months ago, I did a bunch of videos going over all of the Fox features and everything. They'll live on YouTube uh, so people can go and find out about these features and how to benefit from them. Uh, so YouTube has a lot more uh, of our stuff on it. But for that Fox Girl Hunting TV, you know, that's YouTube, uh, Hulu, and Roku, and Amazon Prime. I got you. So what are you seeing, the trend, from, from the transition from TV to internet-based, social media-based uh, exposure? What are you seeing? Are you seeing more exposure? Your sales uh, fluctuate from what you had, or are you being? Are, can you can you meter those or or see yeah, any? Well, of yeah, it, it's it is really hard to meter. So I could say that according to the Outdoor Channel and the views that we had on the TV show, and you can very easily get the views on your Fox Pro Hunting TV or any of your YouTube platforms. You can easily see what the real views were. But according to what they were telling us is that we had much more views on the outdoor channel than what we're having right now. But what I can tell you, uh, there's a lot of things that you have to factor in. CPI is one of them. You know, cost per impression, that's huge. 
You know, I, I may put that Fox Pro product in front of 300,000 people per TV show, but they're not equipped, but that cost to get that person is X, right? Where when you put it on social media, the CPI is much, much lower because you don't have the expensive airtime. I mean, our airtime alone was, I mean, it was, it, it was a quarter of a million dollars a year, you know, airtime. So it's, you're talking a lot of money to have this airtime on the outdoor channel. So your CPI goes way up. But what we saw is that the people that we are directly targeting on social media, these are the true buyers. These are the true predator hunters. And that's kind of the cool thing that you can do with social media is you can kind of open up the gates to who you want to get them out to. You know, on the outdoor channel, of course, in my opinion, I don't care if you're a deer hunter, a waterfowl hunter, a duck hunter, turkey hunter, whatever you are. Every single hunter out there should be a predator hunter because predation is very important. That's a whole other topic. But, I mean, when you're on the outdoor channel, you're not really getting a specific audience, the predator audience, to where on social media, we are definitely geared directly into that core predator audience, and we are looking to expand on that as well. So, you know, there are a lot of differences, but for me, from a sales perspective, we have not seen any fluctuation in sales at all from going from TV to uh, the, the social media avenue. So it, it was a no-brainer for us. I like the social media avenues. Uh, they're, uh, they're, I can be more reactive, you know, and we can do a lot of fun and cool things with them and have them up in two weeks. So uh, that, that's definitely my choice. That's interesting. That's really interesting and good to know. And I mean, for you guys, it's good for you guys that there's no negative effects going from a TV transition to the internet or social media based stuff, especially with a lot of the censorship and quote unquote shadow banning BS that they're doing to certain, you know, certain platforms. And I would like to say probably more along the lines of gun owners and hunters and avid yeah, outdoors. Exactly and, right. but exactly more, yeah, exactly right. More more power to guys like you and, 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 and people like us that use that kind of equipment and get that out there, that in, that info out there. And that's another thing too, real quick, regarding predation. You know, you, you do what you do. Your, your business, your lifestyle, your livelihood, I should say, is manufacturing products for guys like us to be able to use. That's what you do. And mm -hmm. guys like us, it's, I do it, I take it a little bit more detailed. It's a different perspective. Now, you know, there's three of us sitting here getting content out there from my house, reaching thousands of people, which isn't a whole lot right now, but a lot of our videos are getting a lot of traction and we're, I'm not bragging, but we look at it different. We have a different niche in the market where we don't, I mean, you appeal to everyone, the guys that want to go out on the weekend, the guy that wants to go to Cabela's and buy a $300 call, or you got guys like us that I will drop. If you had a call that was 2000 bucks, that was superior, I would do it hundred percent. I would spend that money on a high end piece of equipment that I look at like a tool for our job because it's our livelihood that that relies on high-end equipment. I mean, we're we're using stuff that you provide to protect animals that we raise for the world's food. And you mm -hmm. that's where we're getting a lot of interest because there's so much dispute out there. And we're not going to get into politics, you know, we're, we're, but there's so much dispute out there. There's so many comments. The first the first comment 
that I either get a death threat on or just an ignorant comment on why the hell do you do it? Why are you killing coyotes? I'll pin that to the top of a YouTube video for everybody to see because usually there's hundreds of comments underneath of it. Whether it's from both sides, it's people, most of the people are just, they're just stupid to put, to be honest. You're absolutely right. And and, and this got me thinking today. It's funny you say that. So everybody knows what coronavirus is right now, right? Everybody knows what coronavirus is. Coronavirus has killed how many people? There's not one person out there that would fight for the life of that coronavirus. But that coronavirus is a living thing. Why do people insist on, you you know, taking the the, the coyotes that are killing the fawns? In some areas, there are 100% fawn mortality due to predation, and we're doing all of wildlife a justice. This is conservation by harvesting these predators, but yet kill every single virus out there. Virus is a living thing. Isn't every living thing supposed to have an opportunity to live according to some of these do-gooders? But because the coronavirus is doing damage to the human population, they need to be eradicated. Let the coyotes eat every single deer out there. That's okay. That's Mother Nature. Well, isn't it Mother Nature that brought that virus on there that's killing humans? It's just, I know it's kind of a morbid view to look at it, but it's just, it's just I think everybody is frustrated with the coronavirus. And it really got me thinking, I mean, these people that, that don't think you should be out there predator hunting, that poor coyote. That poor coyote. What about that poor coronavirus? It's just trying to do its thing in nature too. And we don't want it to. Huh? <laughs> the thing is, is that's a good that's a that's a, a good that's a way to put it into perspective. Because how long have you guys had coyotes back east? I mean, look look at these cities. Look at all of the cameras that you can you can Google it. Coyote eats cat. Coyote attacks dog. Look at what the coyote the, the these pe- the people that don't understand that are either. R- 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 Decide to be stupid and just, you know, they don't care. The ignorant guys, you can entertain. You can you can educate them to a certain extent because if they do their research and look at the biology of a coyote and how they can reproduce exponentially and adapt to not certain situations, but every situation. Coyotes living in cities. Coyotes coming out here 100 yards from the house right here on the ranch. People going, hey man, if you just built a fence, you could keep those. No, they don't understand that no, you'd have yeah. to. You'd have to put a six foot deep concrete footing and a chain link fence. It's going to cost you probably twenty or a hundred bucks per foot. Who knows what the hell? It's crazy, insane. But you're right; these coyotes can repopulate. They're so advantageous and can adapt so amazing that you have to. You have to control that population you have to absolutely they are natural born survivors natural born killers and natural born survivors i mean they're going to survive and they are one of the only species out there that can um uh, change the number of offspring that they have based on environmental conditions so if they're in a in a great rabbit year rabbit boom they're going to have a lot more coyote pups you know And, and here in the east that coyote is really starting to take over you know, you go back 10, 20 years ago, well, 20 years ago, we didn't have a lot of coyotes here in the East. We had a lot of fox. But now that the coyotes are really moving in, the fox population is going, it's going down the tubes. They're, they're taking all the foxes. The deer population is struggling. You know, and there aren't enough studies out there that, that, 
to, to look at the effects of predation on things like deer um, in certain states. They're just not spending the money. They think that the bear is the number one killer in a lot of these states. And I can guarantee you that bear is not the number one killer anymore. That, 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 uh, that coyote is becoming the number one fawn killer out there in many of these states. And they just don't have the funding to do the study. So people don't really understand the effects that these coyotes are having. And it's not just deer. I mean, deer's the, the, the money thing, right? That's what everybody cares about because that's what everybody does. But there are so many other populations that are affected by predation that if it wasn't for us controlling the population, they would completely decimate uh, 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 complete colonies of, of animals. And that's, what, know, so. that's what people don't understand. Man is here. We, as soon as man decides to take and issue, you know, the, a state's game fish in parks, right? So they dish out X amount of tags based on their studies for deer or elk or antelope or whatever species that's, that's a legal game animal in their state. Now that man is, I would say man's a natural predator. We've been here for, I mean, thousands of years being able to have that that aspect being able for for humans to be the the dominant predator you have to now look down and go all right we have coyotes we have lions mountain lions cougars we have wolves we have all of these other predatory animals that they play a part in the ecosystem don't get me wrong but at the same time we have to keep them in check because not only are they encroaching on the animals that a lot of these hunters want to be able to kill for sporting or for food, but if we don't keep them in check, then they start to come in and kill. They, they take they kill livestock, domestic animals. There's a, there's a balance there, and a lot of these people don't understand that if you don't keep that balance, that's what we are here to do. You have to do it. Otherwise, that's it, it, absolutely, yeah. It gets unreal. It gets uh, flat out, you know, people don't understand how stupid it would get if you didn't, if we didn't do what we did. Well, I think a lot of the, a lot of these people, I think they're looking at what happened to the buffalo, right? And, and the wolf back in the day. They were eradicated by humans because we did not have a good conservation plan back in the 17 and 1800s. You know, we have evolved. We have conservation plans and we understand you know, uh, the, 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 that you can't completely drive something to extinction. You will never be able to drive that coyote to extinction. It won't happen. You know, yes, wolves you can drive to extinction. We have driven to almost near extinction, and now they are bouncing back. And because they are bouncing back, uh, something else is going to be – look at the elk population. Exactly. Look at everything that's happening out west. Something is going to be affected by the reintroduction of that wolf. And I've got no – Real issues with the reintroduction of the wolf per se, uh, from a from a personal standpoint. But I also believe that you need to be able to control that population, uh, and otherwise, it is going to devastate the elk population. Because a wolf, now that wolf will kill just to kill. Unlike a coyote or a bobcat or a mountain lion, that wolf will kill just to kill and let it lay. Period. Because they're constantly working on their killing skills, where a coyote doesn't do that. So that, we could go a lot on that as well. But yeah, the, the, the people that have that mentality, they are really selfish and stubborn, and they don't understand uh, ecology or conservation, or, or they just simply want to put blinders to it because, hey, that's a cute little coyote pup. 
And that's most of them. That is literally most of them. They want to put blinders on. And my, what I, my, I've made a post on Predator Masters and actually reached out to a couple guys. I'm, I'm really trying hard to get somebody within my region here, Midwestern areas, you know, North Dakota to Montana, over to Minnesota, down to uh, even Texas, the Panhandle up, up in the top, that has data regarding GPS collared coyotes. I want to know you know, a lot of, of legit intel on coyotes, because like you said, you, 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 you made a perfect point. The word never is a long time, but as long as we're around, you're never going to, as soon as somebody sees a predator, like a coyote that looks like a wolf, somebody shoot them. They're crying, Holy hell, you know, the world's ending. You guys are killing you. Why are you doing that? They don't understand the biology that, that goes into it. The, The coyotes aren't a pack. I mean, they can be, they can be just as proficient in pairs or a pack or solitary. And if you take a wolf out of a pack, guess what happens? I mean, that's absolutely right. Yeah. There's so much that goes into it. But if you know of somebody that's, that's, that knows a lot about, like, it sounds like you're well versed on, on coyote. Most of the biology that we learn, we just, we, we witness it. We see it at night with thermals. We witness it during the day on video and we try to collect that data. But I want to try to get somebody that has a, Real well, G- there there has been some coyote studies, and you'd probably be surprised at some of the results of those studies. You know, it's almost like you know how you look at the snow goose population or the Canadian geese population, where you have some resident geese that stay in a, a certain place year round, but then you have transient geese that move in and they fly south and they fly north. You know, they migrate. Coyotes are the same way. They find out. You know, when some of these studies that they've done to where they radio collared these coyotes. And they find them in, you know, two states down. Um, other coyotes stay central to a core area if, if there's plenty of habitat, plenty of food sources. But if there's not, you're going to have those, those transient coyotes that may move two states over. You know, so they're not afraid to move. They're not afraid to migrate. A lot of times they don't want to be transient because being transient means that they don't have an established core area, which the coyote really wants. He'd love to have an established core area, but, you know, dictate uh there, there are conditions that dictate whether or not he can have that core area so yeah there, there were some interesting by, by studies guys that like, were done. by guys that are using fox pros <laughs> that determines whether or not a coyote can establish a core area <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i like your answer but i that you know what we this has been a good one man i appreciate it mike i mean we're at over an hour and eight minutes. I mean, if there's, I, I have one last thing that I wrote down that I can touch base on if you want to get going or if you want to, if there's anything sure. else, I, I was just, I don't even really need to. I was, I had written down when or how or why we started using Fox pros and the proofs in the pudding. I mean, you watch a lot of our videos, like I said, the build quality, if you drop it, it's not going to break. <laughs> it's, it's not. We carry it with us every single set that we make. We have zero issues with remote transmission, anywhere from zero to 200, which a lot of it's in, uh, like I said, heavily, a lot of grass through a lot of different stuff. We have no issues with it. The ease of being able to incorporate sounds, the quality of the sounds, and and I'm not trying to promote something that I don't firmly believe in. I I, I like to uh, use equipment that works very well for us. And being able to have your call with the customization, the ease of use, the options that's integrated is a huge asset to what we do, period. I appreciate that, James. I mean, we obviously take great pride in what we do. We know we can prove 
that we've got the clearest sounds or the clearest calls out there. You know, it's not that don't get driven into distortion and stuff, but just hearing those things that you can say that as a consumer that you know that just means so much more to us. You know, it doesn't matter when I could prove on a on a, a, a spectrum analyzer or anything like that. What matters is that you know it without me saying it, and that means that means. Somewhere along the lines, we have done something right. Well, it's easy for us to get on here and talk about what we know, how we use it, but it's another spectrum when you have somebody else like you that goes into detail and can touch base. Like I said, SME, subject matter experts, is what our goal is, to get guys to elaborate on on certain talking points just like you did tonight. That's awesome, and, and it gives the guys that follow us a lot more information to base possibly their next purchase on, and that's what we're all about. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'd like to maybe do something else with you. You know, maybe we could nail down another podcast on on something in particular. I don't know. If you have any ideas, let me know. I've talked with Andrew. Your guys is, what's Andrew, the marketing or visual marketing? Yeah, he's, yeah he's our, he's our marketing, uh, uh, marketing supervisor, marketing director. I, I know. I've talked to him quite a bit on, on regarding like the video, the videography and stuff. He knows a lot about that. And I would like to do something with you guys regarding uh, we've got a ton of content out there and put something up uh, maybe later on or something if things work out, some kind of uh, uh, a hunt that you guys could use that I could edit and we could put together for you guys that would air on your guys' platform since we use Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We would love that, James. And, you know, I shared with you a little bit ago that, you know, that show is uh, it's constantly evolving and things are things are changing and um don't know where the future of that's going to be as far as sponsors and stuff, but I got a feeling it's going to be where I would prefer it to be, you know, without sponsors. Cool. Well, regardless, we wish the best of luck to you guys, man. And it's, it's awesome to be able to touch base and chat with you on detail. You're obviously know what you're talking about. You guys make an awesome product. Uh, I mean, I would say one of the best, if not the best that we've used regarding how it operates and how it works. So Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I would let's keep in touch. If there's anything else that you would like to touch base on before we, before we part ways, let me know, man. I mean, we've touched. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, I think. Um, I mean, I think. Look, you're you're the tour guide. I I know, and I apologize. A lot of times when I get going, I just go. No, right? that's good. That's just that's that, that's just the way I've been. So. You can tell me if you've got what you need for your viewers, you know. Absolutely. I think we had a I think we hammered out an awesome one. This has been a good one. I'll I'll be able to get this up right away on the anchor platform, Spotify and and uh iTunes and then we'll we'll put something up on YouTube as soon as I get the the video edited too. And it, a lot okay. of a lot of information. Like I said, keep in touch and if there's anything that you'd guys like to collaborate on if we could film something or if uh, anything new possibly that you guys might have. And we're, we're always about running all sorts of new equipment. And also, like I said, uh, if you want to nail out another podcast sometime with different talking points, write it down. We'll get, we'll do something. Right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. You let me know, Dave, I'm here for you. You ever need me for anything? You've got my cell phone number now. Reach out to me. I, th- I mean, you, you do a bang up job. Everything that you do, your videos, are badass, love them, you know, and you yourself. I think it's like you said, this is the first day that I've ever talked to you. And I could tell that you, you, you are genuine in what you do. You're not about James O'Neill. And that means uh, so much to me. You're not an ego. And that that's, uh, I love that. 
Well, we appreciate it, man. That means a lot to us because we're a team here and we just try to video it as such. I know, you know, a lot of guys out there are out for themselves and I've had a lot of guys say that we could do the same, but uh, right now I want to build fundamental working relationships with companies based on equipment that we can actually use and trust. And you're one of them. So I, I, I don't think that, I'm going to tell you, you don't have it in you to ever be egotistical. So don't ever think that going after what your ambitions are with the TV show or anything, you don't have it in you to be what some of these other people out there have been. I, I don't know, I can, dude, can, you can, start waving some green in front of us. It might go a different way. We <laughs> might. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It'll come if it's meant to be, but awesome, man. I appreciate it, Mike. And, uh, Okay. Like I said, let's knock another one out. This has been fun. Podcasts are always fun, and, and like you're you're a great guy. You know your stuff, and uh, let's just keep in touch. All right, sounds good, James. I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. Likewise, brother. And you have fun with your kids this weekend. Good luck fishing. <laughs> I will. Oh well, we just right before you called, we were sitting there reeling the reels up, getting ready for the steelhead. Fish. Hey, how old are they? Uh, four, or, uh, 15 and 16. Jeez, 15 they're, they're, they're about, 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 th- about three more, two more years on each of them. They'll be able to watch our videos without having to have the, we kind of get some, <laughs> kind of get kind of beep, beep beep on some of our stuff, but we try to yeah. <laughs> give they're, them. They're fine with that. They're, <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't raised them in a bubble. Yeah. They're fine. Good. Uh, <laughs> cool deal. I'm man. sure they've already probably checked out some of your stuff. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Awesome, man. All well, right, man. You Good take, talking to you. Likewise, buddy. Take care. All right. See ya. Later. Bye. I think if you would use that Fox Fusion earlier today, we probably would have got something. Well, I know that one last night didn't matter because you sent one in his brain at 500. He could have. <laughs> Maybe we would have got him closer. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, though, that's cool. There's there's a... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna try to sell a product that we don't use, and we've been. We never have though. If you look there's up there, there's a reason we use whatever we use. Like we always said, there's always a reason why we use it. You, you, and and if you spend enough money on something, which we have, it'll shoot straight. <laughs> right? No. Well, depends on, dude. If you're doing what I do, and my hands are like this from that coffee, you might kink it a little bit. But like you said, you you, you buy. One product from one manufacturer, another one from another, another one from another, another, and eventually you sort through it, right? And you figure out what's going to work best yeah, for you. Yeah. And, and and like you said, we're not just saying that because that's. I mean, we've used them. Yeah, and we've used them. Yeah, and it's not just something that we're saying. Hey, you know, use it. A lot of guys are use a lot of different things that work for them. just because, and we'll relate back to it. Just because we use what we do doesn't mean that it's going to be the best for you. Yeah, a lot of guys have a bad taste in their mouth about successful guys, period. I've never had an issue with Mike or anybody at Fox Pro. I've worked with other guys in the call industry too on stuff, sold other guys suppressors, got information from other guys, nothing against it. Yeah, I'm not going to badmouth other guys' products just to prop in other guys. And they know it. If, if, if you're using something good, people will find it. People will see what you're using and, and they'll gravitate towards it. So. Awesome podcast, I think. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. We need to get more podcasts out, man. I mean, we need to do so that'll cross Fox Pro off. Uh, Glenn we need Ebert, to get that biologist in there. That's if we, what we need to do, if we can get somebody with a uh, uh, that has legit GPS tracking info, yeah. yeah, just to blow your mind on what they've got statistically on a coyote. I bet I'd freak you right out. Yep. Yeah, 
I mean, I want to get into like, I know that coyotes do have certain, I mean, you can't really pattern a coyote, but you can pattern their territory Yeah. and kind of what they, not really what they do within it, but there are certain places where they probably obviously den up, where they kind of sleep, you know, what are they come into? Just, I want to see how far they've gotten coyotes and tracked, just yeah. all yeah, sorts exactly. of stuff. Territory, yeah. if you can get, I know. And, and, and like that, Mike said, I mean, I guarantee you that has a lot to do with where what what the food food's like in exactly. that area or what what's going on in that area but exactly still just to know you and, know and like you said like what we've said where we got kill box dude in a cold year when that river freezes boom highway yeah. interstate yeah just well, just like it, it didn't freeze real early this year and and the river wasn't frozen and look at the success rate they were going across the river too yeah. though yeah they were but just the other night we killed that one and you yeah. said I guarantee and he was he was wetter than hell yeah but if it's frozen up, it's just, it, it yeah. amplifies it. Yep. Little things like that that you just collect that on and you just remember and being able to, to what we need to almost do is go kill, write a book, <laughs> go for it, write a book, dude, Bye, a book down. on data, man. People would buy that. There's a pen right there. <laughs> That's pretty much a book that I had written down. But I think another one, dude, would be good. A couple good ones. Mike. Michael Bocclieri at Loop. Yeah. He'd be a good one. Yeah. He'd be Buck good. Leads, yeah. We'll get he'd get on right away. Yep. And then Glenn tell Eberly. Him, tell him who this Mike is though. Mike Bocclieri? Yeah. Sniper? Yeah. For Leupold? Yeah. The range officer or the head? The head uh, Leupold Optics Academy instructor. Yep. Yeah, he's a good dude. He yep. came out ran us through a course and we could show, I recorded all that. He, he's wealth of knowledge. Oh, he's great. Detailed info on on everything optics, not just Lading the loophole, but he could life, sure life. Yeah, get him on there. Just a good guy. We'd have to probably plug that camera into a external power source because it smoke out. But we could do a long one on him, and then Glenn Eberly'd be a good one, dude. We've ran his stuff from the beginning, as early as we've ran Fox Pro. That'd be a really good one. Chad still. We got to do Chad. We just have to nail down talking points like this. We got to pull can, the reins back on Chad. Yeah, we got to go. We got to hammer out a certain point and then go with it. Yeah, and then end it at like three minutes because he's so damn smart. He just can just hammer. And then last dude, if Which we can get we him, he, he he we just had we were got working sideways on. with elk and whatever else and working on the add on. Oh, that's that right. that kinked us yep. out. Yep. that would be a good sit down and and like a legit killer. He, yeah. He's one yeah. of the guys like, and I'm he's not one of the first, I'm not going to, I don't like try to, you know, fanboy shit, but like Miranda, Shockey, Les, there's legit killers that record shit. And I would say he's probably one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not a flaunty out for himself, but if you want to watch coyotes die, then you tune into his show. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Or you go to the kill box. Hey, was it pinging? Was yeah. it? There's one on there. Last, you're gonna have to close. What you're gonna have to do is you're just gonna have to go close, dude. Don't tell me what I'm gonna do. And then come back. Don't bring the bring don't, the chopper back, and don't we'll threaten, go. Don't threaten me with a good time. Because last night there was four of them stacked up, but it was at like three in the morning. But James is like, oh, I gotta do that anymore. No, dude. What oh, we do is we just I hey, can't do that three o'clock shit, dude. Oh, I'll just fuck. go take a nap right now. I exactly. See, we'll look pull at, the screen, at, dude. I'll dude. just take a nap. I can't do that. We'll pull the screen down. Yeah. <laughs> Go to sleep till two. We're Wait, gonna, till the phone starts going beep, beep, beep. <laughs> then we'll go. No, we're going to go make a set over at yeah. Hot Bill. 
<coughs> John, you need some face Dude, paint. Yeah, you do. I'd have it if I wasn't fucking hauling carpet out of Fedding's basement. It's all about choices, Fuck. bro. Choices. Priorities. <laughs> priorities. And our priorities has been getting our rear end sore the past couple. That's right. It's what it's all about, man. And we had some I, awesome success. I lifted and I coyote hunted today. End of day. And had salad. No, you're not, not end. It's still going hot, dude. Daytime, though, I mean. Goals met. Yeah. I it, it That was good. That was just a solid info-packed podcast that w- we need to do. What else we need to do is what you said. We need to do a podcast on uh, how often you can come back to sets based on how last you, year. John's double, yeah. your double, my triple. That's yeah. just one area, though, that was... Stupid good. Yeah. And and but the thing is is that's more data that we need to write down. Yeah. I mean, we went in there within probably what was it had to be a three to four week period and smashed total three weeks probably. Yeah. Four four. From the start to the last triple. And that was last year. Yeah. Probably later season. It was later season. Seven coyotes in four three weeks. Walking in, filming it all. And that's just what that one guy that was here said, you can call the same spot, but sit in a different spot, use different sounds. Yeah, which is what we did. Exactly. Which, there's exactly. other Prime places time. we do that twice a year, and one time it's shit, yep. and the other time we might get a double or triple. But you've said it before, dude. That might be that one time out of 10 that yep. it doesn't work, yep. and you gotta, you got to hit it back up. I'm trying to think. That's... That's a good one, dude. Uh, For sure, the biologist. That's yeah. that's we gotta find somebody. I have a guy that Trenton at the game fishing parks. I got contact with him, and he does have some data on collared coyotes. But uh, Andrew, the guy, the fellow from Fox Pro that that Mike and I were t- we were just talking about. Yeah, that the, the video guy, the videographer guy, yeah. he knows a guy. But I think the thing is, is I'd rather keep it to our, I this don't want to get Eastern, yeah. Yeah, uh, Eastern biologist. It. Could be totally different. It is totally different. You know? I think coyotes that are, I mean, you're not going to have half the success rate back there right. as we are out here. And then you go North of here where the population is way less dense of people. And they get South and they start getting smarter, smart. smarter, yep. really smart, different, smart. <laughs> Quit it. You, you should probably edit that part out. That's the only reason I didn't say that, so that he didn't have to edit it out. Because I was, he ain't I was gonna, thinking, he ain't gonna it, edit dude. it out. He he won't cut that out. I won't. I'm not cutting nothing out, dude. I'm not even cutting beeps out. I, this is gonna be 18 or older. You're gonna have to sign into YouTube to this listen. This is a to big stuff. boy, a big boy podcast. Dude, what the hell we got to do? We've got to start doing some crazy YouTube stuff like those guys on there that we were watching. I mean. We're, we're, don't get me wrong. We're middle-aged, dude, but we can still do crazy hey. shit. Hey, we could I'm, still do crazy shit. John's I've not. I've been trying to fucking hide in a cow and get a knife kill for two years, but you won't let me. <laughs> yeah, hey, over on the, <laughs> over on the crick hey, over there. Dude, there's I, a, will, that, I will. There's a cow right out here. Hey, you should go hide I, in her. He's going to have to do some gutting, <laughs> yeah. dude. Get that. Better take lunch with you because it's going to be a while. <laughs> dude, I will sit in that tree at the crevice. <laughs> Dude, the thing work. is, is that it's not <laughs> high speed. Work. Those guys are, it's not high speed. You got to do high speed shit, man. Cool stuff. We got to have, we got to have, like I said, Keith, let's go, let's go get a million dollar loan out and buy a whole bunch of cool shit and then just wreck it and cross our fingers that that makes us a million dollars back. So. Break even at least. Looks stupid. But Those guys are crazy, dude. Crazy. We need to get, if, if a flare would have helped. 
He can come out next year. The thing is, is it, he's growing so crazy. Snowball effect, dude. We had the time, but then we were harvesting corn. And it that was been, your choice. It's all about choices, bro. It, it, I regret that. I do. We could. I would have shut down knowing now that I, I mean, knowing now what I wish I would have known then, I would have I shut it down for a couple of days because it would have been early season. Well, if I'd have known about it, I'd, you'd have to find another trucker. <laughs> I'd have took him. <laughs> it would have been cool. Then Rich copped us out. He went down to Texas, got some cool stuff. We're a little more high speed than those fellas down there, though. Unless we get in with Amatine. That guy will roll right up with us, fucking shooting shit out the window. Yeah, he needs Frickin to come up here. Yeah. And then we'll go down there. But at least we got dirt bikes coming. <laughs> Shut this shit off. <laughs> We're at an hour 20. So that's a good one, dude. So I'm trying to think. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some credential information based on somebody with experience. Maybe not us. Hey, dude, can you tell that I'm on Alpha Brain? After one day, I can just feel it. You're so full of shit. <laughs> You're the one that's counting money and multitasking at the same time. <laughs> anyway. I'm James O'Neill. We had co-host Keith Rissey and John O'Neill. And... Uh, Check us out. Our goal is 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're getting close. Hey, what are you at? What are you at on Instagram? I'm shit. Your Instagram channel? Ops underscore pro staff. Ops underscore, underscore pro staff, and you are? What is it? Fucking, my mic's not on. <laughs> O'Neill Ops pro staffer. And you can check it. I've got it. Just O'Neill Ops. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you have any questions, be sure to hit us up. We'll try to answer it. We're getting a lot more content out there for you guys. So I'm James O'Neill. This has been a Predator Hunter podcast. All you got to do is search James O'Neill or Predator Hunter on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. We'll have it up on YouTube soon. And we are out. <laughs>